listening to another episode of the Niagara Moon Podcast. I'm Thomas Irwin, and I guess maybe this isn't just another episode. This this is number 100, and uh, at the time of recording this, I didn't know it was going to be number 100, actually. Uh, not that I did anything special to celebrate that fact anyway, because... It's a little disorganized on my end this summer. Got got too many vacations going on, but uh, it's 100 today. Been doing uh, this Niagara Moon podcast for a while here, and if nothing else, just want to say thank you for being a regular listener and kind of building this thing up a little bit. It's just uh, it's really cool to talk music and, and get to share our our thoughts and our discussions around that with uh, both Moon Dogs, you know. My uh, my fans of Niagara Moon, as well as uh, just general listeners. So it's been great. You are great. And uh, we got lots of more of these ahead, I hope. If you're a Radiohead fan, um, some of you probably are, because we're talking about a big Radiohead album. Lots of controversy around this one. Amnesiac from 2001. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how this goes. I... Uh, I just I know it's a band with with fans with with many 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 different opinions, um, so we're going to try to celebrate that. But uh, I'll just also say if you want to give the podcast a little boost, get even more ears on this thing, uh, feel free to write a review or leave a rating on iTunes or uh, other pod platforms of your choice. It's always a nice little gesture there. And I'm joined once again by Mark Grundhofer who is a fantastic guitarist, performer, uh, composer down in Georgia. It's very lovely to have him on once again. Just uh, the conversation flows easy. I just want to mention he has a cover of Radiohead's Burn the Witch that you should definitely check out. And he's also still working on building up his Patreon called The Complete Guitarist. He's a a guitar teacher and also teaches theory and, and all that good stuff. So if you're looking for a resource like that, you should check out The Complete Guitarist on Patreon. All right, here we go. All right, Mark, how you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm a little sleepy on my end. Uh, I saw the late, late night showing of The Green Knight. The Green Knight? What is that? The Green Knight. It's a very weird, okay. cool uh, fantasy movie okay. by A24, A24 uh, starring Dev Patel. But um, So, so a, weird, a weird fantasy movie, just a perfect transition to, into what we're talking about today. Oh, yeah. It's like I'm, I'm really tired coming back late from that. It's a movie that's very much left open for your interpretation and very kind of dark and asks lots of questions and uh yeah very appropriate mood for for talking about this album for today that's right uh which is 2001's amnesiac from dump up a bomb radiohead yep we talked about kid a as in uh darren dan barracuda and myself we discussed kid a many many podcasts ago because I feel like if you talk Radiohead, you know, the, the big two are, are that one or OK Computer, mm-hmm. I think. But uh, I wanted to talk about Radiohead with you, and I chose Amnesiac. And uh, I guess to just kick into what, are, what were your feelings on that and how do you feel yeah, about it? Yeah, I have um, 
I have a real, you know, long history with Radiohead. Um, I've been a fan for, you know, for as long as I can remember. Um, I picked this album up at the record store the day it dropped. So, oh, May, you got in real time. May something, 2001, right? May, like May or June yeah, 2001. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I would put Kid A probably in my top 10. Like of all time, of all time albums. Yes, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, all right. Amnesiac won't be up there in the top ten, but I do love this yeah. album. I have some, I have some very strong feelings and some, some, some perspectives on it that that um, that I, that I'll share with you. But um, I, I, I just remember, I remember getting the album after. Um, I don't think I, I, I don't think I got Kid A the day it dropped, but I got it very shortly after. Um, but I wasn't a huge Radiohead fan prior to that, so oh, um, huh. I I would I had the Bins, the album the Bins. I loved that album. I used to play those tunes, but I was just like you know it's just a cool '90s rock album. Um, yeah, that's like the Smashing Pumpkins album. Sure, absolutely. Of their you know right catalog. Yeah, absolutely cool album. Yeah, it's a really cool album. I, I still like it. Um, I had Pablo Honey as well. I bought that because... Not a bad album either. Not a bad album. I bought it because of Creep, because if you guys can imagine, in the 90s, Creep wasn't this overplayed song that you know no one likes to listen to. A million different covers of. Right. We actually liked yeah. to listen to it back then. Um, so, it's a good song. Yeah. So I was in college in the 2000s, and uh, I really wasn't... Radiohead wasn't on my radar. I missed OK Computer completely. Like, Completely. Weird. I didn't get OK Computer until probably around In Rainbows, as far as... As in you didn't listen to I it or you didn't, I didn't understand I it? I didn't listen to it. Like wow. I didn't, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, missed OK Computer completely. I must... I, you know, when I got into college, I got into kind of like the jam band scene, so I left the radio. I didn't wasn't really listening to that. Um, and I really got Kid A because I think someone, someone, someone may, or maybe the radio, or somewhere I heard Idiotech. And yeah. I thought, oh man, this album's great. And I went and picked up the album. You know, I got the CD, and I still remember getting that CD because I remember getting in the car, popping in the CD, and looking below, like behind the little those little tabs that hold the CD in place. I was like, there's something mm-hmm. back there, and prying it open, and there's a secret booklet inside Kid A. Wow. In the C- so behind the the black jewel case that's that the CD sits in, if you pull it out, there's a secret booklet. Oh wow! Yeah, I didn't even realize that. I think I just borrowed it from the library at one Which point. Which someone probably know, already just... took it out, right? Yeah, but probably. I, I, I still just... have in my CD wow. collection. I still have the secret booklet behind the. Uh... That's such a Radiohead move, right? Totally. And I remember seeing that and being like, "Okay, this is awesome." And then I listened to the album and I fell in love with the album, and it was just you know it was amazing. And then when I heard that they were releasing Amnesiac, which was basically recorded at, I mean, it was recorded at the same time, so. I thought, oh, this is going to be just another Kid A. Um, and so I picked it up. And I love the album. Um, but it's just kind of, there's some, there's some weird things about it for me that, uh, yeah. that aren't as, and I, I guess maybe it makes sense why these songs were not on Kid A. Now, I still think, yeah. I, I, was a, I was a huge fan, and we've even talked about this, I'm a huge fan of uh, Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy, and The Infinite Sadness. A mm-hmm. two disc. That's a big double album. Two disc, giant double album. I don't own it on vinyl because it's probably like eight records long. <laughs> like it's just probably huge. It's too expensive. Um, 
but just a huge, massive double album that I love. So when, so I, I probably would be one of the few people that would be super into, you know, Kid A Amnesiac as a double album. Um, yeah, at that, that's, at that's that the big time. question here. Right, that's at, the big question with this. Yeah, yeah. So at that time, but you know, as an album, I really like it. I think there's some super strong points. I think there's some super low points on the record. <laughs> um, but my biggest issue with it is I it like even right now I've listened to this album so many times I've listened to it you know I've got it on CD I've got the vinyl right here uh you know I'll throw it on you know Spotify whatever um I still can't I still have a hard time looking at the names of the songs and 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 hearing the song in my head weird yeah it's like they they don't I don't that connection doesn't like kid a you 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 have you amnesia know, about it see now what's that right <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I'm like in all seriousness, you know, I I know that my favorite song on the on the record is Dollars and Cents, but I have a hard time I have a hard time hearing that song in my head. Now you put it on, and then I'm in it. I'm in it, right? So wow. the second I hear it, I'm in it. But you say, hey, what does optimistic sound like? You know, then I can I can play that, hear that guitar right. part of my head, or what does or what does you know uh, mixomatosis sound like? You know. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Like I know those those songs so well. Amnesiac. I, I can't. I can't hear those songs in my head. You know, like like I'm looking at like spinning plates. I know that's the one where there's sort of a weird piano. Uh, like that's the backwards one. The backwards one. Yeah, but see, why can't I hear it in my head? So that's that's my weird sort of perspective on this record that I can't. Uh, I can never get my head. I put it on. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. that's this song. You know, and. And maybe it has to do a lot with the fact that sometimes the the names of the songs have nothing to do with the song, right? Um, but they're very weird, mysterious kind of. I've used the analogy before of vapor. Okay. Like that. This is a, this is a very weird one. Yeah. Well, also, also, I have a feeling that a lot of people probably didn't like this album because the majority of the songs don't get good until halfway through the song. That's an interesting perspective. It takes so okay. long to get like a song like Now uh, you are you talking about you and whose army with that? I am talking about you and so whose I army. I disagree. <laughs> I think that I keep that just the way it is. Okay. I love no, how no, that song builds up. I don't up. I don't change anything. It's just that maybe that's why it's it's tough to be memorable, right? Like um uh uh what's uh you know, I mean Pyramid song, beautiful. The piano part at the beginning is so amazing. Yeah, but then, that's the shining moment. But if you the drop album, really the needle me. halfway through the song, you're like, "Ooh, what song is this?" Right, compared to the beginning of it, you know. Oh. Which, which I yeah, they they take the time getting yeah, going. Totally, I'm not complaining. I'm saying, okay. I'm saying right. more. I'm, that's more cause and effect for me as to why not not a complaint because actually I, I appreciate gotcha. a song that can take some time to kind of ramp up. It feels like every song on this record is like that. You know, yeah, yeah. There's no like national anthem. You're in right away. You're in right away, and you and you just, I mean, and you know that song, and it just, you know, it just it rocks from start to finish. But right, you know, yeah. This is this is an album that it's a lot of questions, mm-hmm. and it's it's this one's a big puzzle for me. Yeah, um, for so many reasons, and yeah, inevitably. So it's recorded in the same sessions completely as Kid A. There was no delineation. They just, this is such a jam album. And Kid A is too, to an extent. This is just such an album of, 
all right, we've had this huge accomplishment. We're at this ridiculous place in our careers. We're a lot of different people working together. We got such strong opinions. We love so many different kinds of music. It's this is they were confused. Like, what kind of template are we setting? Because they kind of did figure it out here. Like, once you get past this period of Radiohead, it kind of does feel like they have a handle on how to work and what to do the rest of their mm-hmm. career. Yeah, I mean, but this is yeah, this is just a big album of question marks. In Rainbows and Hail to the Thief are just such strong records. Like, see, I like this album more than Hail to the Thief. I feel like Hail to the Thief uh, is what happened if they. Like did the they were so meticulous with track mm-hmm. sequencing, like how to put Kid A and Amnesiac together, or you don't and you leave them separate, and figuring out what makes an album flow or not. And for me, Kid A, uh, Hail to the Thief is the one that feels bloated and bogged See, down. And some, so that's funny. So that, you do yeah. you do really you'd be right at home in the Radiohead forums because <laughs> that's that's what I I I don't know why I don't like that one more. I know, and it's so weird because that that is. That's oh man, I love that album. I love I like Hail to the Thief more than In Rainbow. See, we get into our like differences. Oh, in, okay, in, yeah. I mean that that's an I, endless rabbit hole. I do like In Rainbows for sure, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, In Rainbows was one of those. In Rainbows, I didn't get right away either. Like I didn't physically yep. get because I, I feel you there. Because yeah. <laughs> I remember when they did the pay what you want scheme for mm-hmm. it, and I thought this is a scam. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I thought it was a total scam. You know, what, what was this early 2000s, right? Like we still weren't totally like, like sure about putting our credit card info into the, you know, into the internet yeah. or whatever that 2007, was. 2007, PayPal was starting to take off Right, more. exactly. Yeah. I, you know, and I thought, I thought this wow. is, this is a scam. I'm not giving, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> buying this. <laughs> wow. But then I ended up, uh, you know, getting it later. Um, I have this. I have this great book that I finished called "This Isn't Happening" uh, by Stephen Hyden, um, and it talks about recording Kid A. It doesn't really talk about the amnesiac side of it. It's more about Kid A, um, the Kid A songs. Yeah, yeah. But of course, it's the same session. But really, talks about how they're recording that record at the time of you know the 90s ending and the 2000s beginning and how the music world was just completely upended you know it was a violent year 99 2000 yeah and so just the whole industry side of it yeah exactly so there this this book is pretty cool about talking about a lot of the stuff that was happening there but but they do talk about how this author talks about how um you know to record kid a and also amnesiac they they essentially the band basically split into two camps that would go would go right in different spaces, and um, that's why some of the songs seem to have, you know, oh, this is definitely a Johnny song. Oh, this is definitely a, uh, you know, Tom song. You know, like uh, that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff, right? Um, and I, I think you hear that way more on Amnesiac than anything else. It's so splintered, isn't it? Yeah, it's listening through this album. I so I there was once upon a time. I thought myself to be slightly more of a fan of Amnesiac than Kid A. Mm-hmm. I would definitely argue that Kid A is a stronger album. And then I just, I forgot how much, like you said, there's some amazing moments. Mm-hmm. And then I forgot how much I skip the moments that I'm just like, man, what I, I don't get it, whatever. And yeah. really making myself just take in the whole thing. 
it's not that it doesn't flow, but it's it's yeah, it's it's like what's earned, what's actually interesting. Is there like a little bit of the emperor's new? Uh, I was gonna say yeah, emperor's new clothes. I was almost gonna say emperor's new, new groove, groove. <laughs> like an emperor's new clothes uh-huh. syndrome with like uh, hunting bears. I feel like that's really the the thing you can point to is like what that hmm, two minutes of like what feels like just one of the tracks from uh, I might be wrong. It's an outtake that's taken up a yeah. whole song. Now, Hunting Bears, I, I love Hunting Bears, but I, again. You do? Okay, well, that's, but, so we're getting all thrown off well, but, right away here. But I don't, I, don't, I don't put it on this record. I love it. I don't put it on this record. Interesting. Like, okay. you know, a band like Radiohead can put out all those, like, B-side records where you hear all the, you know. Gigantic amount of B-sides. The leftovers. So many B-sides. Put Hunting Bears yeah. on there so we can have it and we can listen to it. But, it, yeah, I don't. Sure. I, I mean, that was, that was the the probably the one and only hunting bears is probably the one and only song in this entire record i sat down with a guitar and tried to figure out um not because of the guitar lines but because of that guitar tone is so cool and so weird and so sort it's of weird out of left field and yeah, uh, i kind of yeah. wanted to figure that out other than that i have i mean you know, because because for me, I hear a record I like, I hear songs I like, I sit down on the guitar or the piano or somewhere and try to sort of figure them out, learn them, see what I can kind of get from them. I don't think I've sat down with a single song other than Hunting Bears on this record to kind of play wow, through. Wow, not even Knives Out? No, not really. I mean, you know. That's like the country cousin of Paranoid Android. I mean, me. I, I, dig, I dig Knives Out as a song for sure. But I mean, again, it, there's... There was a. Uh, it's so straightforward. Quote air quotes right straightforward for Radiohead as a song. It's a band playing together. Yeah, for sure. For what sure. a crazy idea, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. But uh, you know, again, yeah, I'd take Hunting. I mean, I don't. I think the sequencing on this album is terrible. But that's that's also that's also me and my my like desire to, you know, resequence yeah. albums. Uh, it's so it's going to be pretty inevitable that we keep going back to like. Kid A, mm-hmm. comparing it to Kid A. I mean, it's, it came out of the same time, the same people, yeah. the same you know struggles they were having. Um, I was, yeah, I was wrestling with this the whole time listening to Amnesiac. I'm like, should they have put them together as a big mm-hmm. double album? No, I don't know about that. But should they have put some of these best tracks on Kid A, made mm-hmm. that a better album? Well, would that really flow? Uh, this flows, but I have issues. With, I was just, it's a big puzzle. It's a big mess. I can see, I really see why they struggled with figuring out what to include, how to release it. Like, I I just came away with it. Like, I don't have the answer either. I, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not crazy about the order of the songs on Amnesiac, but I'm, I am 100% sure they made the right call as to which songs to put on each record because... Uh, hmm. You know, if if these if you have these songs to choose from, they did the right thing. Like I would not mix any of these. Um, but isn't it? I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but isn't it kind of weird that uh, both albums are dark, right? Both albums are dark with the, you know, the material they're taught. They're you know they're, they're writing about the uh, Radiohead is dark. Yeah. Period. Yeah. <laughs> but compared to. In Rainbows, for example, which this has, is darker, yeah, you know, or even yeah. Paranoid. I mean, uh, uh, OK Computer, like that yeah, is an yeah. album, right? So, so Kid A and Amnesiac very dark. But why is it? Why is it that Amnesiac feels so incredibly like flat compared to Kid A? Like, 
Like in my yeah, like, that, that's when I listen to it. I think it's it, the songs. Yeah. I think it's the songwriting. Yeah. Um, but that's what I mean. Like maybe I think they did make the exact right calls as to which song goes on which record because to me, Amnesiac just like um, you know we 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 did our Steely Dan talk the other day and we talked about Gaucho and Asia and 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 right those for, two are paired in in a similar way for me for me you know if I'm driving down. Uh, if I'm, you know, it's a sunny day and I've got the the sunroof down, I'm going to be blasting Asia, not Gaucho. Yeah. Well, yeah, if, yeah. you know, I mean, it, it's got to be rainy out for me to blast Amnesiac in the car. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's got to be like that kind of day. That's what it feels like. But Kid A, I could get down. I could kind of get down with Kid yeah. A. It's, you know, it's sit, more versatile. Sitting by the pool, you know. Um, it's not. Yeah. The it, other thing is, I I want both of these albums. It's not like, hey, they should have just released a slightly more beefed up Kid A. And yeah. Not like, I, you know, I want Amnesiac, but why do I want it? What do I like from it? Mm-hmm. It's very. Do you do you want to go track by track a little bit? Yeah, we can a little bit. But I'll, but I, but again, I'll be honest. I'm gonna have to really think about what they are. You know, oh, in okay, my head. All right. Right. Um, uh, well, well, working with that. Uh, for my money, I'll, I'll start off with how I think Packed Like Sardines in a Crushed in Box, I like that better as an album opener than everything in its right place. Oh, I think it's, yeah, it's fantastic song. That's that's like one of the real high points for the album for me. And it's, it's also weird because you think of Amnesiac as like uh, the more acoustic album. Mm-hmm. But that's like one of their hardest hitting electronic freakouts. You know, honestly, that's, too. that's funny because as... It's not an acoustic album at all, but you're right. It does feel like that. It does feel like this is the... Yeah, it's like they took all the acoustic B-sides and put it on one album, even though it's not acoustic. But yeah. that, that's a good analogy for, you know, when you think about other records where someone might have gone more acoustic later or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and also saying that Life in a Glass House, I like way more as an album closer than Motion Picture Soundtrack. Mm, oh yeah as a closer sure i mean motion picture soundtrack is one of the best tunes on that record um, yeah i never connected with that one okay. for some reason i know that's a fan favorite i just life in a glass house just ends the album with more questions in a really cool way so that's funny because that's why when i get to the end of this album i sometimes hit skip on life as a glass house i sometimes bail before that one comes on I, I, I skip more often than not on hunting bears and like spinning plates yeah. just to get to okay. life in a okay. glass house. I mean, yeah. I mean, I appreciate life as a glass house for the the work they did with that with that horn band. Um, I appreciate the arrangements, everything about it. Um, it just doesn't land for me. Like like you know, it's got that sort of New Orleans Bourbon Street sort yeah, of dirgy yeah. kind of thing, but it's like. I almost went, wish they had gone a little bit more straightforward with the arrangement than, um, for example, like the national anthem, the horns on national anthem. Yeah, yeah. Is, Everything fits together there very well. In in the best way possible, even though the idea was to not fit together, right? You know, like the idea mm. essentially for national anthem is to have this cacophony of sound, you know, towards the end. And yet, right. and yet they work with a lot of dissonance. It's, yeah. it's almost like, it's almost like, uh, if I was a horn player, I would learn national anthem note for note, even though those horn players were probably, they're just improvising towards the end, right? But I'd learn that thing note for note to get all those sort of lines. Life in a glass house just feels like, I don't know, man, it just feels like a mess to me, 
you know. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I get I get kind of nervous saying this because you know there's Radiohead fans that are going to be very upset. I mean, with this me. album freaking <laughs> begs for people to have hot takes on yeah, it. Though. Right, you're right. This is the hot take album. Right. Like yeah. this is so divisive. Yeah. All these choices and the, uh-huh. these songs, yeah. like. Yeah. What are you supposed to do? Freaking Polk pulled revolving doors is track three. I'm, yeah, that's where I'm like, all right, you're 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 messing with me. Okay, if, you're messing with me here. I mean, is that a cool song? Yes, it is cool. Does it belong on side A? No, not even remotely. And it, uh, does it does it deserve to be over four minutes? I yeah, don't that's, think so. Right, right. This is these so many of these songs are the definition of wearing out. You're welcome to me. Yeah. I, yeah, it's, I mean, it's not the majority, but there, there's more than there should be. I just feel like I just feel like Pulk Pull is just this, um, you know. Yeah, we got some cool new studio equipment. We figured out some cool things to do with it. We've I'm got trying these Pro loops. Tools we got, for the first time. Yeah, we got all this other kind of stuff. Okay, right on. Put just the tiniest bit of substance into the song, right? Like, <laughs> like give me a chorus. I don't know. I mean, that's just yeah. from the just from the. You know, if you think about it, we're still in the early 2000s. Like, there's still mm-hmm. guitar rock happening. I appreciate Radiohead for sort of plowing the way for, you know, experimentation, you know, as a top 40 band, right? Like, you know, but this song, right, this song just right. has nothing in it for me, you know? <laughs> um, I think it's even in the right space. It's pretty cool, and it something about it can go somewhere, maybe, yeah. but it's it's, they... They get too big for the britches. But if you, sometimes. if you would put that, if you, I mean, I mean, just imagine what it would be like if they had even, even just switched places of hunting bears and pull, pull, right? Like even just switching those, yeah. from one from side A to side B, like it could be a kind of a different vibe. Like I don't know. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I don't ever yeah, want to it's, knock. It's some, open to so many different avenues. Yeah, I don't ever want to knock a band for experimentation with something just just completely out right, of the field. Right. And I and I love that. I mean. Look on OK Computer, we got fitter, happier, right? I mean, yeah, that's like a minute though. And but what I was going to say is that song being experimental and having the you know robot voice throughout and all that kind of yeah, stuff. There's yeah, yeah. still this. There's still this song going on behind it. That's true, right? There's yeah. still you know a, a progression and there's resolution and dissonance and all those yeah, kind of things yeah. that come from a from a songwriting standpoint. Um, Hunting Bear still has a you know, it has still has harmonic functionality throughout the the whole thing. Pulk pull, is, yeah, pulk pull yeah. is just a <laughs> sound effects. And you're right, four minutes of sound I'll, effects. I'll still take it over, uh, like spinning plates. Yeah. the backwards one. Yeah. that that one always is to me like, okay, yeah, you thought it was cooler this way and blah blah blah. But I'm still like, oh, you're doing the backwards thing, are you? Because there's a few <laughs> other bands or artists that pull that off. I'm like, okay, all right, yeah, you get your backwards song right. in here. And, Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Now what? It's some of these moments are I don't know, but pyramid song. Yeah. Oh my god! One of the best songs the band ever did. It's great. It's phenomenal. And hits every time. And to nerd to nerd out for a minute, like yeah. Um, I remember hearing it and getting out manuscript paper and going, okay, what is this time signature that these guys are in? Right. Yeah. Like yeah. And then you realize it's just in four. It is. It's just the way that they that they they accent. It's still just in four. No. Yeah. Are you serious? Just in four. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But it's the way he he lands on the different uh, uh, chords and how they cross over. It's like a lot. It's like you know. It takes. I think. I think it takes 
like four four measures of four to get through the form. Now, how much of that did he take from Charles Mingus? Because uh, yeah, I know that's right. a Mingus-inspired piece. Totally. Probably, right? Which, even if it is pretty much just uh, aping that, I yeah. mean, kudos to doing it in this yeah. context as a 21st century yeah. rock band. So I'll, but again, that's cool again if you think about that as like a single from the record, right? Like um, the piano at the beginning and the vocals, I mean, it's just so beautiful. But then you skip halfway through the song and now you're in a rock tune. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so the string arrangement yeah. really shines. There. I mean, I, I still love Charlie it. Greenwood feeling his oats. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, it's one of my favorite songs. It's it, that is a top five Radiohead song. You know, oh, yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. But but again, I, I wonder how many people skip it because it just takes so long to get going. You know. I think if they're signing up to listen to Amnesiac, I would, th- you know, like, what are you skipping to? Well, <laughs> You're not well, skipping to the national anthem. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I guess, I guess I, th- you know, as someone who teaches, you know, uh, middle school and high school, you know, kids how to play music, um, yeah. you know, I don't get to, se- I, I try my best to sell them on albums, but, you know, people don't listen to, kids don't listen to albums anymore, right? You hit a, you hit totally. a, you hit a playlist. So if I, if I go here, check out this Radiohead playlist. You know, uh, unfortunately, I, I would imagine a lot of my my students will hit skip on Pyramid Song because it takes. Oh takes yeah, a little they'll while. they'll skip it in favor of other right. Radiohead songs from other yeah. albums. But Amnesiac is all about this kind of limbo, yeah. liminal space of songs. Like, is it building up? What's it's right. kind of in this? Like, there are no hits. I don't here. think I can sell this to my this album to my students. Like, I don't think no, I could. No, they got they got it. This is a choice that you make <laughs> to get into this album. <laughs> This does not come to you. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, but it's fun. It's fun to talk about it. It was fun to listen to, even though I might have had an issue with this or that. Like, yeah. it really succeeds as a piece of art still. Well, so... so it's all the more interesting for it. So let me let me jump ahead a little, because I've got pretty strong opinion about this. Uh, oh, yeah? Morning Bell, which version? The Kid A version, hands down. Hands down. Like, Hands and this is like, down. uh, for me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. See, I would, I mean, after doing Kid A and the the amazing work they did on Morning Bell with Kid A, I don't know why they released this version. Yeah, because they got their heads up their butt a little bit. It's, <laughs> you can't get away from that fact. Yeah, maybe. I mean. You want them to, you want them to be that way because that's how you get the Pyramid song. But the cost yeah. of that is you get, hey, we have to redo this tune and we think it's way better even though it's. Uh, what it, what, yeah, what's wrong with the Amnesiac version? I don't. Besides the fact they didn't need to redo the song. Yeah, I don't think that I would like the song at all if we never got the Kid A version. Do you know what I mean? I think that this would be a skip. Yeah. That, that's how that's how little I like the Amnesiac version of. It's Morning so Bell. slow and it's kind of dissonant and it doesn't move or progress. And you know, really. one, one of my least favorite parts of it is actually his vocals. Like the lead vocal on on the Amnesiac Morning Bell is he's he's falling asleep too much. Maybe I don't know more than normal. I don't know, you know. Uh, I love it. Uh, it does the way he delivers it makes the lyrics feel a little more um, arbitrary mm-hmm. for some reason. Sleepy de- sure. Sleepy Jack the fire drill. Mm-hmm. Like this time around, it's like uh, yeah, you did just throw words into a hat and pick out stuff yeah like it, it reminds me of that fact a little too much i don't i and and i don't mind that as much about radiohead because i mean you know again to go back a little bit we're we're coming off our podcast with uh talking about yes 
and there is mm-hmm. there is there's a band where there are plenty of songs where the lyrics don't mean anything at all. It's just a, collections of words put together to yeah. add as an instrument. I think I think uh, in Radiohead, that's that's what happens a lot. Um, even if it doesn't, that's what it does for me in my head because at no point at no point do I really uh, get into the lyrics of Radiohead songs. Um, I sing them and I enjoy singing them, and I like, but. But to me, it's just another instrument. It's not. Um, yeah. I don't really. I, and, and you know, if 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 you wanted to dive into a lyric discussion, I wasn't going to be much help with you because uh, he's so hard to understand. Anyway, yeah. that's on him. <laughs> that's on Tom York. I mean, not both enunciating. I was going to say both the enunciation and just when you read them. But um, yeah, yeah, they're going very abstract, which I still in the same way that John Anderson's spiritual speak works mm-hmm. for yes i think his abstract surreal yeah. kind of unenunciated stuff mm-hmm. I, his murmurs i think it really works for a lot of yeah. amnesiac and kid still yeah. no no real axe to grind there too much mm-hmm. but and i and i, and I do want to make sure that on the record here that you know I, th- I think you and i have some strong feelings about this album but i can speak for myself when i say you know i mean radiohead is one of my top bands. I mean, they are. You own the album on vinyl, man. Got, That's all you need to say. Not only do I own it on vinyl, but it's it's the uh, it's the forty five. So I've got two. I've got two. You know, records, and I have to set up my record player. You know, to hit the other. The yeah. Other. Every time I put this record on, I start uh, packed by putting it on the thirty three RPMs, and it's it's at the wrong speed. And I go, why does this sound weird? And I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> this is like the one record in my collection that's a, that's a forty five. Yeah, Radiohead is an easy because they're such a popular band, and uh, you know one can argue they were overrepresented or or maybe overhyped, over talked about at one point mm-hmm. in time. Yeah. They can be very divisive, but it's so it's kind of like if if you don't invest in them at all, they're a very easy band to kind of pick at yeah. and, and mock for sure. Yeah, and but we're not really doing that. We we are fans of this album still. We love that they took this bizarre mm-hmm. left field yep. turn that they did after a hit like OK Computer. And we can admire, you know, the breadth and depth of their career. So we've earned the right to talk shit about some of these songs because they drag. <laughs> they're they're full of fluff they're full and of fluff. pompousness and pretentiousness, and they don't go anywhere. Some of them. Some of them. Now, Again, Knives Out, solidly listenable. I can always enjoy Totally knives like Knives out. out. Pyramid song, great. Dollars and Cents is my favorite, though. Dollars, Dollars and, cents. and Cents is an interesting one, yeah. The baseline on Dollars and Cents, mm, it is so tasty. I love this. I, I, you know, I will say, I think my favorite element of this entire record is uh, bass. I think the bass playing, the, yeah. the writing on the bass is... Tons of strong bass lines. Ton, even on Morning Bell, because that is one of my favorite moments in, on Morning Bell, regardless of which version is on... Release me. Do, do, oh, yeah. Do, do, yeah, do, that's a shining moment. Do, do. Oh, man. What what Colin Greenwood? Colin, yeah. What a tasty, tasty line, and he does tasty bass all over this record. Um, uh, I even I, I I guess he's playing the counterpoint. I, I think it's bass on Hunting Bears. Is like the, there's the guitar line, and then I think there's that sort of like those those counterpoint notes. I, I've never been totally sure on Hunting if, Bears if it's bass. That's a synth. It is I a think. synth. There's okay. No. Okay. Yeah, there's. I don't think the same basic. Okay. Well, I was whatever that um, other, could have used one, maybe. <laughs> well, whatever that other, you know, the other sound is. It's it's kind of maybe it's a fl- sort of flat uh, synth wave, flat synth kind of deal. Yeah, it could have been played on the bass, and maybe it's yeah. maybe it's Colin playing it. I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, you know, it's this is the definition of the who's playing who's what. Who's playing bands, what? Yeah. Like, what are the roles? Well, and to, and to be and to be honest, some some of these, um, you know, again, I got Amnesiac in in two thousand one. I got it on CD. I listened to it a bajillion times, but I didn't have like, you know, I I mean, yes, I had internet. It's not it was two thousand one, but I didn't have like the depths of the internet to go like research mm-hmm. who's doing what. You know, um, I also was in college, so you know, we couldn't afford cable so i i didn't even have mtv which was actually telling you information about things you know still a little bit so i was pretty blind just listening to this record listening to kid a and i also was really the only person in my my circle of friends that was into this stuff either so i was kind of on my own with radiohead for you know half of a decade um which is really how i missed out on okay computer completely well, I think that's also a perfect way to get into Radiohead. It's they're a very isolating, mm-hmm. isolated yeah. band. You know, they're synonymous with kind of just confusion and loneliness and just trying to figure this stuff out yourself. That's really that's really their vibe to me. Yeah. So, and I think it's it they're totally the kind of band where everybody can come into it specifically an album like this with their own interpretation, their whole their their own stuff that they're bringing into it yeah. and what they're going to get out of it. I think it really is a good piece of art for that. Oh, yeah. And I again, I I don't think there's any you know opinions are always subjective, but I think particularly with these guys, there's no real wrong opinion. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what's so great is you've got this huge, such a huge collection of work from them that I mean, I don't think there's a person that could find that can't find a song that they enjoy from this band, which is great because there's so and their much. Influence, their influences are so scattershot mm-hmm. too. I can't think of many other bands who try to incorporate so many different, you know, Tom, Tom York was really into, I don't know if you've ever heard them, but bands like Outtecker mm-hmm. and Aphex Twin yeah, and Square Aphex, Pusher yeah. and all this, mm-hmm. Aphex Twin, but this just really out there, austere, cold, experimental, often abrasive mm-hmm. uh, British electronic music. Right. Um, some of that I got, I've gotten pretty into at points and it's, there's a lot of examples on this album where if you know what he's referencing, it's like, okay, you really took their ideas and just kind of, you know, I'm not going to say watered them down, but made them rock audience friendly a little bit more, or you really like had to bring things back to basics a little bit for even just for the sake of your other band members, for them to know what to do or feel comfortable working with this kind of music. Um, and even just that aspect, it's like I could kind of dwell on what I think about that for a day. Like, what that nobody does does stuff like that, or or the the jazz elements that come out in this album, I think might be one of its strongest. Uh, for sure, yeah, pros, yeah, like a tune like Dollars and Cents is Dollars and Cents, and, yeah, and, and has that going. And then on. of course, you know, Glass House is you know, for better or worse, yeah. very the apex you know, of that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that, that's why that's why I think I was kind of digging this album because I grew up on on jazz music and and more traditional side and then so I, so I heard some of these tunes and I was like yeah okay I can dig this but why am I so depressed? <laughs> <laughs> you <know>? Yeah, <laughs> you hear about the band making this album and just it sounds like they're not having a, a good time right. the whole time. So it's kind of sometimes you're like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the point? What are you trying to do by putting yourselves through that and doing something well, you like should, this? Yeah, you should read this book because it's 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 definitely talks touch and go a couple times. And 
Right. You know, they almost broke up on several occasions. Yeah. But I think they had a lot more fun the rest of their career after this. Probably. I think they yeah. got through this period, figured mm-hmm. stuff out, and then they had, you know, Tom, Tom York doing his, his dance yeah. that he does with Mix Matoes. Like they, they learned how to have fun. Well, I mean, and if you listen They're, to, if you listen to <laughs> the, yeah. And if you listen to the later, the later albums, it's, it's, it sounds that way. I mean, I, I got to give uh, Ed O'Brien some credit because he survived this, this right. run of the third guitarist, right. In a band that doesn't write guitar tunes anymore, you know? So to, to survive it and to come out the other end, like just playing a shaker on a song. Well, good for him. He, he survived and he made it through and, now he gets. Now they can play these tunes with these giant arrangements. And he can play with you know his effects, and he can do some cool guitar lines, sing some harmonies. You know, really one of the uh, unsung heroes of that band. Um, yeah, yeah. Patience. This, there's a lot of patience among these guys. Yeah. If if you were to write a book about, if you were to like study the dynamic of a band, what does it mean? A bunch of people playing together. And doing music together, you'd have to have a whole chapter on Radiohead in this time period, for sure. And how they like, for sure. I mean, uh, it, it, it. I mean, no precedent set. Yeah, for and, these guys. and I mean, think of how many bands of the '90s absolutely did not survive the changeover to the 2000s. <clears throat> Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> yeah, well, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, one of my faves, right? And 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 now they did put out a good album about, gosh, like seven or eight years ago, Oceania. Check that one out. That's a good. Mm. That's a good album. Um, okay. You know, get around to it. I think because they got because Jimmy Chamberlain came back for that one. I think. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, yeah, that's a whole other can of worms. Smash your own mm-hmm. pumpkins. But so many other, so many other bands that just, just you know, didn't make it or tried to do other things. And you know, Radio has some credit. There's, you know, they're. I mean, they're still around. We. Don't, I don't know what they're doing, but they're still here. I loved. Uh a moon shaped pool. I did too. I love that. Yeah. I think that's. I think that's one of the best. I think then that's the thing is like they cemented their legacy with OK Computer. Like okay, they are always mm-hmm. going to be talked about and be a big deal. With this couplet of albums, even if they're not, it's not always my favorite or whatever, they pretty much guaranteed that they could make a whole career, at decades and decades to come of something interesting to talk about yeah. and grasp onto. Like they really proved like. Hey, we're going to be around. Well, I mean, Moonshape Pool is really solid from start to finish. And I loved it so much, I released that cover of Burn the Witch. That was my last release was the oh, uh, was the cover yeah, of yeah. Burn the Witch. So That's a great one. You know? Um, yeah, I've always, uh, I've really dug that one. I, I, haven't, I haven't even given a chance to Bloom, or not Bloom, uh, King of Limbs. That tune Bloom, yeah, I've heard that one. That one is, <laughs> that's the amnesiac to... Uh, if if in rainbows is kid A again, yeah, King of Limbs is a little. At least it's it's. I feel like it kind of knows its place a little yeah. bit too, and it's like shorter and kind of pops. I just haven't an interesting way, that but. you're talking about Tom and his his affection for for you know sort of like UK synth music and whatever. And yeah. I just I, I, that world. I've tried it. I've kind of listened to it. I, I've listened to some of Tom. It's not for everybody. Yeah, some of some of the side like Tom's solo album that uh, that other thing that Adams for Peace. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. him and like I think the drummer from Nine Inch Nails or something like that. Um, I, I didn't really. I, it, maybe even it's f- kind of background music yeah. to me. Yeah, it's it's well, it's just I, not, li- I like the Eraser, and that might be as far as I go as like a real fan of. Was that uh, was that the album or just the song? 
The album, The Eraser, is, okay. is still kind of interesting. Yeah. To me, but I mean, I, I've put it on, but again, I think that it's been put on with the intent to listen to, and then I just start to drift into doing something, and then, it, like you said, it plays as background music. Right. You, you often hear the argument come up, and I think it's going to come up particularly with an album like this, of how much is expected by me, the listener, the consumer, mm-hmm. the person who paid money for this, et cetera, how much is it like you should challenge me and I'm going to be all the more enriched by you know having to take some time with it and eventually meet you where mm-hmm. you're at, which is a great thing, mm-hmm. an amazing thing when you're talking about Pyramid Song, but when it's like, eh, you didn't really earn this kind of thing with... I don't know, another whole version of Morning Bell, which I'm sure some people, but again, some people probably freaking love that so much and it's their favorite moment on this and they love it way more than the Kid A version. And it's, it just, it's, this is, you know, this is like a celebration of art still. Yeah. Doing something like Amnesia, caught off the heels of Kid A. I also think it probably sounded and felt different so much if you were consuming it in real time, mm-hmm. then if you're coming at it like me, a younger person, years later when you really could listen to it in the context of their whole discography yeah. and you had the stuff that came afterwards and you, you had more context for where the band was and where they were going. Like I I think a little bit of this is they're proving a point at the time and it's a question of how that ages well or doesn't Yeah, a little bit. I wish I could go back and just and really like experience or like watch myself you know see what it was listening to this you know those first few times um because i just i have more memories of listening to kid a the first few times than this Mm. but i I know that i was listening to it and digging it but again i feel like i was kind of just doing it on my own because my friends weren't really into it at the time my bandmates weren't into it at the time you know i think it did though seep into my band at the time we were doing uh like fish tunes and and those types of things and i started bringing in some weird instruments into Mm. the band and and trying to get a little more experimental and that might be inevitably why we stopped playing together (laughs) so maybe maybe it's radio what what is this instrument that keeps popping up the own owned is yeah do you know how to uh, yeah, I don't know. I, don't know I, don't, I think it. you're probably saying it right, but it's isn't it that thing where he puts the little ring on his finger and he kind of goes side to side and and yeah. it's got a bunch of kind of like a theremin. Yeah, I yeah, it's it's the you know he used it a, a a ton in all the records. Um, but I mean, again, I think it's brilliant how they used it to treat the vocals on you and whose army. Yes, right for that for that um, uh, helps give that one a certain feel. Well, you know, what's funny is. Uh, I was just in pre- preparation for this. I was like looking at just some factual things um, because, again, I didn't have all this info when I first started, you know, listening to this album. I didn't, ha- I didn't know what that instrument was he was playing. I had no way to know it. Um, uh, I remember seeing they, they, he talks about how that uh, you and whose army wanted to, they wants to sound like the the ink spots, ink spots or ink spots, which was an old doo wop band. Which I, I didn't realize that I'd never that I, I was like I don't know who that band is. So, like, just a few nights ago, no, it was last night. Last night I was teaching a student. He's like, I want to learn this song from the video game Fallout, and so he played it, <laughs> and I started listening. I was like, What is this song? And so we 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 looked it up, and it was from the it was the Ink Spots, and it was um, oh. I don't want to see the world catch on fire or something like that. But it's got this boom. Huh. The intro is like the old western. 
You know, and it was this little doo wop tune. I was like, that's really cool. And the, and I was like, why did I remember that name? Because that's what Radiohead was going for was that sort of sound on that. And I thought that was really interesting. Uh, had a little uh, two worlds colliding over the last twenty four hours with huh. regards to this. But yeah, that I'm, that instrument, I don't I don't know anything about it. I I have a feeling there's only a few in the world and Johnny's probably got <laughs> Johnny probably owns the monopoly on whatever that thing's yeah. called. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's very it's one of the, it became one of their trademarks really. But it's from this era. But I could go they're the band that uses that kind yeah, of Yeah, right, right. But in two thousand one, I don't know how anyone would know because we couldn't go on YouTube and look up like how to play the Whatever that thing is, you know. Yeah. You couldn't go. How did they get that sound? This is a whole album of probably at the time everybody's like, "How did they get it to sound right. like that?" I am. I am. But then, like, but then you listen twenty years later, and you're like, "Yeah, but make sure to write some good songs too." <laughs> <laughs> at least that's my cynical yeah. take coming into. I might be wrong. Is cool though. Yeah, I might, yeah, I know I we might be wrong. Is, is a great one. You and Who's Army? I am a solid fan yeah. of. Love how it builds up. It builds really up, lovely. Yeah. Um, and dollars and cents goes on a little too long, but it is a very cool soundscape. Yeah. And and now I think at this point I've I've said all the things I like about the album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, overall it's it's it's. I mean, I, I might I might still like this album. I mean, I, I probably. I mean, I, I like it. I I want it in my collection. Oh, yeah, I want to occasionally sure. check in with it. I mean, for I, sure. I'm going to put it on. You know, a lot. You know, but I'm going to put on Kid A a lot more, or In Rainbows yes. a lot more. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, uh, I just, I, I think it's got some really strong things. I kind of hope that they, there's talks about, you know, it's twenty, we're in the twentieth anniversary, so there kind of talks about them releasing the Kid Amnesiac sort of double album. That's what everyone's kind of hoping they do. Is mm. how was it supposed to be? You know. Release the. I don't know how I feel about that. Release the I, Snyder I want there cut. to be mystery. Yeah. I like. I like the mystery. Yeah. I. I think I ultimately understand they were in a pretty tough position with it, and I think they made one of the better artistic choices. Sure. And I, I. I don't know. I feel weird about them. Kind of. Well, we're giving giving it all away like that. It's the twentieth anniversary. We're halfway through the year, and there's nothing yet. So you're probably you know, <laughs> this is just Radiohead forum talk. You know, like. Yeah, you know what I could use more? A new Radiohead album. It's been five years. <laughs> I'd be down with that, too. Right, I'd like that better than than a release of this. And, I mean, again, Moonshape Pool, great record. Let's keep it up. Let's let's do another. So let's keep it up. You know? I mean, most of these records are just leftover songs from, like, the OK Computer days. You know, they've been writing some of these songs for, you know. Yeah, True Love Waits. Yeah. Right, that, that was written way back then, and—, and Hanging around forever. Well, that they put that's on Moonshape. Yeah, that's on Moonshape Pool. True Lover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the closer. So, yeah, that's be a great one. Um, this is still my. This is probably. I think this is the only band that is in my like you know top ten, top five, whatever that I've never seen live. Um, mm. Which is which you know me. I got. I, I go to. I'm surprised. I know. I, I go to live shows like crazy, but I've just. They've, it's just never worked out that Radiohead's been in my area when I can afford to see them or whatever. It's it's always mm. been like a little thing. So they've been. So I would. I hope that they put out some more music so I can go see them live before they you know really call it quits. But yeah, we'll see. While uh, while Tom York can still bust out the moves, you know it. <laughs> I want to go dance with them. 
Wow. Yeah, well, this, this was... Uh... I wasn't quite sure how talking about this album would go, but I, I feel like we really kind of <laughs> hit some nails on the head here. This is maybe more so than any other one I've talked about uh, for this podcast. This is a real thinker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm still, I think I'll always feel a little puzzled. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm glad they did what they did, even though it's, it's fun to talk crap about a little bit. I'd never be able to totally and completely give a, you know, this is my this is my feelings on this and I'm not going to, you know, because everything I say, yeah, this is not a good out. Well, but then there's this song. Oh, say it is a good, yeah. oh, it is a good out. No, but then there's this song, you know, so I, yeah, yeah, I'll never yeah. be able to, to, you know, unequivocally say what I think about this record. Every other Radiohead record, I can pretty much say. Yeah. You can nail, pin yeah, it down a little uh-huh, more. Yeah. Well, I think all that said, if we are going to summarize this album in three words, what are your go-tos? Um, I'm going to say um, dark for sure. Uh, I think I think you've uh, you, you've I don't know if self-indulgent is the right word, but definitely mm, could be. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, but definitely. Um, tried tried to do some things that uh, I'm glad they tried to do some things that maybe yeah. didn't work out or maybe they knew weren't going to be you know they're not going to be featured on you know the radio MTV mm-hmm. but uh, it's just it, yeah self-indulgent um, and then maybe I think I feel like you've kind of like convinced me that that you know it just gives me amnesia because I still mm-hmm. I, I still I still am so so yeah puzzled by this record man like it's great but mm. yeah um so my first word was i was definitely going to say puzzle Mm -hmm. this is a puzzle you can't quite solve um and just to touch on the interest the i realize we're we're saying it could be self-indulgent but it's it's not that's not quite it either because they it's not like they just had the the biggest blast of all time making it and they're high on cocaine (laughs) and they don't care like (laughs) they struggled and suffered too so it's it's like moments of self-indulgence tempered by like you know getting the rest of the band involved Mm -hmm. and like considering their Mm -hmm. grim grave stature in the music world so it's 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 a weird mix of like self-indulgence and self-flagellation yeah (laughs) almost um but any anywho i'm gonna i'm sticking with puzzle even though it's kind of similar, I do want to say mystery. Yeah. And then I'll say jazzy. Yeah, there you go. You can't. There is. There's a lot of jazz ethos yeah. in this album, which is which is a big pro for me. So I'm I'm down with that part of it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There there's there's other bigger Radiohead albums to to talk about. Oh, yeah. But I'm I'm really glad we dug into this. Yeah, one for, for sure. Today. I mean, it's just it's it's fun to take a take our microscope out on this one. You know, which I haven't done in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, so thank you, and uh, I am a fan of this album. Yep, Pack yep. Like Sardines is my jam. Same, same. And uh, that, that, that's it for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 100 came and went. Who knows, maybe we'll have 100 more. Uh, thank you once again so much for listening all the way through. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, next week, 
Well, there won't be an episode next week. Like I said, I've been on all these dang vacations, but uh, we're we're going to get some new episodes in here. Once again, try to get back to a more regular schedule. Uh, I anticipate the next episode will be Steve McQueen by Prefab Sprout. Until then, bye-bye. <laughs>